2,500 pastors I was training in the daytime. And it was 120 degrees, it was hot. I'd been going for 10 days, I was tired. When I'm in a crusade, I don't visit with people. I don't go out and party and play and visit and go out to eat. I eat one meal a day at noon. I fast the rest of the time. And then I, I preach to those pastors and just pour my heart out in the day and then at night to the crusade for miracles and salvations. And it was just, it was just a powerful trip. And, and one, and, I, and one day I was just about, about, about three quarters of the way through the crusade, I was just tired. And uh, I mean, when you're fighting hell every night, you're fighting those demons every night, and you're you're praying for salvation every night, and blind eyes open, and deaf ears unstop. I mean, it, it takes a toll. <clears throat> the anointing's a marvelous thing, but it is costly. <laughs> it does cost you. And uh, and one night I came back to the hotel, and I was just so tired. And when I walked in the hotel, they were having a Hindu wedding. And I started up to my room and I just caught my eye. The wedding caught my eye. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to walk in there and just, just watch for a few minutes. Weddings are nice. Weddings are happy. Weddings are fun. I'll just, I'll just walk in there. I haven't, I haven't had my mind on anything but casting out devils and, you know, and, and I'll just, I'll just walk in there and lean against the wall and just kind of watch these happy people. So I did. I just snuck in or didn't sneak. I walked in and just leaned up to the wall and I'm just watching, you know. People are dancing and they're partying and they're wealthy people. The bride and the groom were, were six. Big old, the, 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 the groom rode in the hotel on a horse, you know, and had his big turban on, his big seat turban and, you know, had his big sword and, and, and you know, and the, the, the bride was dressed in her gold sari and she had her nose ring, you know, chained from her nose to her ear and, and just all she was decked out, you know, and he was decked out and, and they're just, everybody's happy, everybody's partying, everybody's eating, everybody's dancing, everybody's just carrying on. And I'm just leaning up there just watching it all. And, uh, and then the bride and groom went over in this little pagoda-like thing with the Hindu priest and he began to throw stuff in the fire and it began to come up like that. And then they begin to dance around the fire, the bride and the groom. And I'm sitting there watching them. And uh, the bride was, would spin around and spin around and go around the fire and go around the fire. And, and, and she turned once and when she did, she, she caught my eye. And when she did, it's like I looked right into her soul. And the saddest day of a Hindu woman's life is the day she becomes a bride. It's the saddest day of her life when she becomes a bride because she becomes, she goes from being her daughter, her, her daddy's daughter, princess, to being a piece of property that's abused and misused. It's common in India to pick up a newspaper any day of the week, pick up a newspaper, and it'll say, There were 38 wife burnings yesterday. Because wife burning is a common, a common thing because what happens is, is like I'm the father in law. And you're married to my daughter. And so I come to you and I say, hey, buddy, you need to give me some money. And you say, well, sir, I, I've already given you money. I don't have any money to give you. You give me some money or I'm going to burn your wife. And so then I rig the gas stove or the propane stove. And next time she cooks a meal, she gets burned. Probably doesn't get killed. Just burns are really good. So I go back and say, okay, buddy, you need to ante up. And boy, he goes out and starts, you know, figuring out how to get some money. It's just just common, a wife burning. And uh, <clears throat> I looked into this girl's soul. 
And then she spun around again, and I caught her eye. And she spun around, and I caught her eye, and I just... And, and on the inside of me, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Lost! Lost! And I'm leaning up against the wall, and, and it made me sick in my stomach. It made me nauseous. felt like I was going to throw up, Joanne. And I just began to look at this person, and then look at this person, and lost. They're not happy. They're lost. They're lost. They're going to hell. And I just said, oh God, I've got to get out of here. And I, I just got out of there and went back up to my room and just went, went to prayer. Because the world's lost. And their only hope is you. Their only hope is a Christian. Their only hope is that you would interrupt them. People ask me all the time, say, Brother Terry, you've been around 50 years in the ministry, over 50 years. So tell us about revival. We know you've seen revival. Talk to us about revival. And I always say the same thing. I say revival is when the Holy Spirit interrupts the church. Now, if the Holy Spirit doesn't interrupt the church, it's okay, we just have church. Because we know how to have church without the Holy Spirit. Sadly. We, we know how to have church without God. People do it all over town every Sunday. I mean, all over America, all over the world every Sunday. They, we, know how to, we know how to have church without God. We know how to have church without the Holy Spirit. We know how to start on time and sing three fast songs and three slow songs. We know how to make an announcement and take up an offering and then preach for 20 minutes and go home. We know how to do that. If God doesn't come, it's okay. And the Holy Ghost doesn't come, it's okay. We know how to do that. But once in a while, what happens if the Holy Ghost comes to church and falls on the church? And interrupts the church. And all of a sudden this clock means nothing. And all of a sudden your lunch means nothing. All of a sudden the Holy Ghost has interrupted the church. And people get saved and people get healed and people get filled with the Holy Ghost. See that happens when the Holy Ghost interrupts the church. Christianity is about interruption. You know, every time I go to a Costco or a Sam's Club or a Red Lobster or some of these seafood places that have the lobsters in the tank, and you go up and pick the one you want for dinner, I always say to whoever's with me, I say, yeah, that's death row. That's death row. I'm always sad when I see those lobster things. I say, that's death row. And they, those lobsters remind me of the world because they're everyone headed into eternity and don't have a clue. Every lobster in that tank is headed into eternity and don't have a clue. Every person walking down the street, every person at the mall, every person is headed into eternity and most of them don't have a clue. And they won't have a clue unless a Christian 
interrupts them. Unless a Christian interrupts them. Unless you walk in and see an old buddy and you say, hey, Frank, man, I haven't seen you in a while. How are you doing, buddy? Tell you, since I saw you last, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. I tell you, I was messed up. You remember how messed up I was. And I tell you, Jesus got a hold of me. And you, you interrupt them. You interrupt them. They're on their way to hell, but you interrupt them. Isn't that right? Proverbs 31, verse 8 and verse 9 says, Speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. Interrupt them. Interrupt them. Speak up for those who can't speak for themselves. It says, it says, all such as are appointed to destruction. You read that, Proverbs 31, verse 8 and 9. It says, they're appointed to destruction. Do you know that every precious, precious little baby that's born on the planet, every precious, precious little baby born on the planet, do you know that baby has a destiny with hell? That baby's future is hell. Its destiny is hell. It's, it has a date with hell. It's appointed to destruction. Unless at some point in its life, Someone comes along. Hopefully it's mama and daddy and says, I want to raise you in church, baby. But somebody must interrupt that baby and tell them about Jesus. Otherwise, they're appointed to destruction. Every person on the planet is appointed to destruction. And our job as Christians... We're the interrupters. We're the interrupters. But a few years ago, hell said, I've got to stop this interruption. So hell invented this little thing called political correctness. Don't tell them they're a sinner. Don't tell them that Buddha doesn't work. Don't tell them Islam doesn't work. Don't tell them what they're doing doesn't work. Don't, 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 don't offend them. Well, they're going to be offended in hell. They're going to be offended in hell. Political correctness is, no, 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 don't you tell them. Don't you tell them that they're, that they're in sin. The sheep now are coming to the shepherd and saying, Pastor, don't talk to us about sin. Don't make us uncomfortable. Don't interrupt us. Be politically correct, Pastor. You know, the last administration we had, and I'm not talking politics here, I'm just talking a, a historical fact. Uh, our president told us for eight years, don't pray, but have moments of silence. Don't say Merry Christmas. Yes. Say Happy Holidays. Don't have a Christmas tree. 
Oh, he hates the name Christ. Have a holiday tree. And when something happens, don't pray. But have a moment of silence. That was such an evil thing that hell perpetrated on America and the world. Because Isaiah 57, 19, God says, I create the fruit of the lips. I create the fruit of the lips. Whatever your lips dare to utter, I create it. Heaven creates it. Heaven's a creator. God's a creator by speaking. You're a creator by speaking. So hell says, I'll get them not to speak. Can you imagine being in a stadium down here that'll hold 100,000 people? And all of a sudden, there's an active shooter going on in the mall. And the announcer would say, folks, there's an active shooter down here in the mall four blocks away. Let's all stand 100,000 of us and have a moment of silence. What in the world good will that possibly do? It's a ploy from hell to get you to not talk so heaven can't do move. Because heaven's waiting on the fruit of the lips. Heaven's saying, say something. You're a creator like God is. Speak the word. But what if the announcer said, folks, there's an active shooter down here at the mall. Stand up, 100,000 of you. We're going to talk to this thing in the name of Jesus, and we're going to stop it right now in Jesus' name. 100,000 of us in the name of Jesus. Otherwise, that it, it, it's a ploy from hell. Instead of me praying for my brother and speaking to my brother, I say, Art, I'm sending you, I'm sending thoughts. I'm having a moment of silence and sending you some thoughts. You got that? Well, that's ridiculous. But it's not just ridiculous. It literally is a plot from hell calculated to make the church shut up. Silence the church. Wow. I haven't got started yet. <laughs> haven't prayed yet. <laughs> haven't introduced Renee and asked her to come say something yet. <clears throat> but yet, at uh, 10 after, which is five minutes from now, <laughs> we're going to stop. So we'll start again at 11. How's that? How's that? <laughs> There's never been a time like this time that the church was made to shine. Never, never, never has the church had the day made just for her like this day. I've lived in infectious disease territory all my missionary years, 52 years. I've been in leper colonies, loved on those lepers, hugged those on one of the most contagious diseases in the world, leprosy. Hug them to me. They're missing parts of their bodies. That's what leprosy does. It rots your body off. Maybe your nose is gone. Maybe your ears gone. Your fingers, your toes are gone. And, and love on those lepers. I've prayed so many times over the years, laid my hands on people around the world, and my hand comes back with just a bloody, a bloody froth from where I've laid hands on some open sore and open, 
open wound. We're not afraid of sickness. Fear, fear is so much greater than the disease. I'm not saying COVID's not real. Certainly it's real. I'm just saying they've sold us, they've sold us fear. Uh, the disease is real. I'm not saying that. No, it's, it's real. But dear God, we've dealt with disease all our lives. We know, we know how to fix sick. <laughs> We're Christians. We know how to fix sick. <laughs> we know, we say, hey, the Bible says, hands they shall lay and heal they shall be. <laughs> Here's the hands. Lay hands on the sick. Here's the sick. <laughs> In Jesus' name, I shall recover. Right? We know how to fix sick. What we haven't known is how to fix fear. And all of a sudden they have sold us, over time they've sold us fear. Fear. And the fear is much worse than the disease. Decades ago I was flying somewhere to preach on a commercial airline and I just reached up in the seat pocket in front of me and opened the airline magazine and, and just got to thumbing through it and I came across a full page ad from the American Cancer Society decades, decades ago. American Cancer Society and it said this, it said, it said cancer is not always fatal but the fear of cancer is always fatal. And I thought, wow, if they know that if they know that, we sure ought to know that. That the fear is worse than the disease. Fear is a spiritual force from hell. Faith is a spiritual force from heaven. Fear motivates hell and Satan like faith motivates heaven and God. God showed me on the inside of me decades ago. You need to, maybe this will help you. I just saw on the inside of me decades ago, I was just a teenager, and God showed me two thermometers or two gauges on the inside of me. One was faith and one was fear. And the Lord said, they're not, they can't be both full at the same time. Fear and faith don't live in the same house. Say, fear and faith don't live in the same house. And so if you're full on faith, you're empty on fear. And if you're full on fear, you're empty on faith. So you may be all faithed up, man. You just topped your tank off. You've been in the Word, praying in tongues. Faith is up here. Fear's down here. You're cool. And you're driving down the road and somebody pulls out in front of you. You have to swerve and slam on the brakes and it scares you. Now, Fear is a spiritual force. When you get scared, when that happens, you never grab your head and say, oh, that scared me. No, you always grab here. You always say, oh, that scared me. Because it's a spiritual force. It's not a mental force. It's a spiritual force. And what happens is, now there's nothing wrong with that. That scared you, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but what happened is all of a sudden you, you used your faith and the fear shot up, and when it did, the faith shot down. Now you're in trouble. Unless you're smart enough to realize what just happened, 
And you say, wow, thank God faith got me out of that. Now i got to get full of faith again. Oh, Father, in Jesus' name, you've not given me the spirit of fear, but you've given me the spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. Father, your word says that fear has torment, but perfect love casts out fear and God's love. And I've got God, so I'm full of faith and I'm not full of fear. See, Jesus said, Jesus said to the disciples, how is it you've been with me so long? And you're... Fearful. Fearful. He said, how is it your faith less? But we got to be faithful and fear less. Let's pray. Now, people are watching me right now online. Father, let's pray for everybody. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I minister healing today. I curse the spirit of fear. Every spirit of fear, you foul, tormenting spirit of hell, I command you to loose the people of God in Jesus' name, for God's not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us the spirit of love, the spirit of power, the spirit of a sound mind. No plague, no plague, no plague comes nigh our dwelling. In the name of Jesus, no evil befalls us, but we're healed, vaccinated by the blood of Jesus by the covenant of Almighty God. And we declare that by His stripes, we are healed. COVID-19, I speak to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I curse you. I rebuke you. I render you ineffective and helpless. And as the power of life and death, says the scripture, is in the tongue, I speak death to you. Die! Virus! Fever, infection, die in the name of Jesus. And by the same scripture, I decree life, the Zoe life of God, life to the people of God. Be healed and be well and be strong to the glory of God. And most of all, Father, we will be faithful and fearless. In the name of the Lord Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen.